welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Hi, welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host, and I'm so glad to welcome back Rubina Chaudhry, my co-host, who's um, been traveling um, to interesting places the past two and a half weeks. Hi, Rubina. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Phyllis, and thank you. Uh, you know, I've had a, a wonderful opportunity in the last couple of weeks to accompany a group of seniors from Olive Community Services. I believe our listeners are familiar with Olive Community Services, a nonprofit in Southern California to provide support services for seniors. And we were fortunate to be accompanied by a guide who specialized, whose area of study is that area, Spain, Andalusia. And it was just such a mild-mannered, you know, patient young man. And he led us through... Uh, stairs and escalators and up the steeples and up the mountains and uh, we had a wonderful time. Oh, sounds great. And, uh, you know, my favorite of all the places was the Rock of Gibraltar. We actually climbed Mm. it. Oh, wow. Yes, it was wonderful. Wonderful. And thank you and happy to be back. I'm glad to have you back. Um, trust me. So, uh, interestingly enough, um, it's Veterans Day today, and uh, you were telling me a few interesting tidbits before we started the show. Do you want to talk about it a little bit before we introduce our guest? Uh, yes, you know, briefly, it is a federal holiday, and uh, it uh, recognizes our veterans from World War one, uh, I think we will talk more about the the history and how the the day came into being, uh, and I think let's uh, in our segment three, I believe we're going to address that. So let's uh, welcome our guest and and have a nice and learning conversation. Okay, uh, thanks. I'll I'll be happy to introduce David McAllister, who I've met us earlier this year, actually. And David it is, is a U.S. Army veteran from 1985 through 1988, and he formed the, um, the VA Benefit Assistance 2012 to educate fellow service members in how to apply for non-service-connected pension, supplement, aid, and attendance benefits. Uh, he's also a physical therapist So he uses his physical therapy skills to assess veterans or their spouse in terms of areas of need. So range of motion, activities of daily living and balance to determine their functional eligibility of need for for this assistance program. Um, A person has to have a need in at least two of these areas, and that's the determining factor for receiving benefits. So uh, David works closely with physicians on preparing um, information and narratives so that people can attain the benefits they deserve. So I'm so happy to have David here today to provide the information for our listeners and their spouses about, about the aid and attendance benefits. So hi, David. 
Hey, thank you so much, Phyllis, for the introduction, for the opportunity. Um, I am very excited to uh, help spread the word. It's about education. It really is. And I was, uh, I was doing a little bit of research, and maybe we'll get into it, about different organizations that are out there. And uh, so thank you so much. And, Rabina, it's a pleasure to, to meet you, too. And uh, I'm looking forward to this candid conversation. Uh, so let's get on with that candid conversation and t- tell us about the aid and attendance benefit and, and what people are entitled to receive. And this is mostly for elder veterans. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And you know what? I actually have my federal benefits handbook right here, but I will <laughs> basically paraphrase what the aid and attendance benefit is for. It's, it, it was designed back in 1951 to help elderly World War I veterans age in place. That is a military term, actually, age hmm. in place, and, um, which is kind of neat. Um, but I guess uh, the powers that be back in 1951, there, it was, this is pre-nursing home, Stuff. Most individuals went into group homes or, you know, they, uh, they got cared for at home. But this was a, uh, it was a stipend that was created to help these elderly World War I veterans uh, age in place. So, yeah, that's how it started. Interesting. But now, of course, um, as a matter of fact, I was looking up the number of surviving World War II and um, Korean War and Vietnam veterans uh, there are, and I believe it's a little less than 500,000 World War II veterans, and those people are really in their 80s and 90s, and the Korean War veterans are somewhere in their middle 80s, and many Mm -hmm. Vietnam War veterans are in their 70s, as an average age. So what are they actually entitled to? What what are they actually entitled to? So the benefit was designed to allow elderly veterans to age in place. And, yes, there are criteria. You have to be over the age of 65. You have to require the need of the assistance of another person. That's very distinct literature in the rules. Uh, the need for the assistance of another person to complete two activities of daily living. And they are very specific upon, you know, their criteria for, da- for uh, activities of daily living, like bathing and dressing. And they added ambulation. And if we get into it, they made some significant rule changes back in October of 2018. They added ambulation as an activity of daily living. And I always try to remind my, um, my potential clients that if you're using an assistive device, make sure it's measured to your you know, proper height and that you're using it properly and that you actually do use it. Um, you want your doctor to see you using your walker so that he writes in the paperwork that you use an assistive device. That's criteria right there. Oh. Uh, the second half of the puzzle is financial. There has to be a financial need. Um, before October of 18, the, the threshold was $80,000 in assets. After October of 18, it's now up to about $123, $640 in assets, at least in the state of Connecticut. It's synonymous with the, the Title 19 program, basically. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, what happens if a person's assets exceeds those amounts of money um, initially, mm-hmm. But then, 
as they get older and maybe paid for some of these services on their own, their assets dwindle and they yeah. fall in that range. Yeah. So here um, is some interesting information. Just because there's a threshold of 123.640, that doesn't actually mean you have to be below that number. Um, there are medical expenses that you can uh, put on a form that's uh, it's a VA form. It's um, a form that is to identify your medical expenses, and if they meet the criteria, you can deduct those off of your assets. So, for instance, if you have a home and you have to make um, uh, if you have to make modifications to your bathroom, a portion of those modifications can be deducted off of your assets. So, if you and I believe I checked I checked the um, I checked one of the, there's a benefit that actually pays veterans uh, for home modifications. And I believe wow. the number is somewhere in the $70,000 range um, what? You know, throughout their lifetime. So you can take that number, deduct it off of your assets, and get yourself in a position to where you can apply you know, appropriately. So um, I have a couple of questions. First of all, I'm just astounded by that information. Um, yeah. I guess my first question is, do you think people really know about this? Oh, I know for a fact that that really 1% of the population really knows about this. Um, I am amazed at that uh, social workers aren't, you know, keened into some of these benefits because they're, you know, um, I'll give you an example. I spent 22 years in long-term care and um, uh, seven out of the 10 patients in my day were veterans or tied to the VA by a spouse or something like that. And none of them ever knew about it. Um, and what? I think that's um, uh, it's a shame on one thing, but on the other thing, the, they really keep these things, these programs, you know, quiet. They, they really don't like talking about them. I, I, this is the VA. The VA doesn't like talking about them. They don't like advertising. There's a lot of stipulations regarding looking at different programs, but it is what it is. You know, First Amendment rights, we can talk all we want. So, uh, you said something else that um, kind of sparked my curiosity, which is you mentioned the spouses. So, is there a spousal benefit that people can take advantage of, um, whether their their veteran spouse is alive or not alive? Are they entitled to something? Yes, a great question. Um, The spouse of a deceased veteran is eligible for the benefit. It is not as significant as the veteran or the spouse of a veteran. And if anybody listening wants to look at the numbers right now, you can go to the va.gov website and search the aid and attendance benefit, or you can go right to my website on theflyptguy.com and hit the VA tab. All of that information comes up. My numbers are current for 2019. There's a 3% adjustment for next year on January 1st, but, um, you know, roughly $26,000 is the benefit for a husband and a wife, $22,000 and some change for a single veteran, $14,000 and some change, it's like $14,400 or something for the spouse of a deceased veteran. So it's not 
you know, it's, it's, it's significant. What I like to tell clients is that it's roughly 40% of what you're going to need to, um, you know, to care for yourself at home. So it doesn't pay for everything, but it pays for some things. And if you earned it, why don't you take advantage of it? Absolutely. So uh, let me ask you this question. What about, um, what about people who are in nursing homes? Um, what about yeah, people who are already yeah. in, let's say, nursing homes or assisted living facilities? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How do they find out about this benefit? Or is there something that they could get if they need to be in a facility? Uh, are there benefits mm-hmm. that they're still entitled to? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just touch on the last um, comment, uh, the last question. There is a benefit for a sick spouse of an um, of a uh, veteran that is well, meaning to say that there is a, there is a benefit if you have a um, you have a veteran who's healthy and he has a sick spouse who's caring for a sick spouse. There is a benefit that will allow him to defer his benefit to her, and it's around seventeen thousand dollars. So. It's, it is possible to have a veteran that's alive caring for a sick spouse that can take advantage of that um, you know, benefit. But as far as nursing home goes, there, there is a form that the veteran, uh, uh, the social worker within the facility, or they can hire a, um, you know, a veteran service officer to come in and help the veteran fill out a specific form, and it's a $90 supplement. So the veteran is, can get $90 a month. Um, from the VA for uh, his service. Yeah. In, in, in it, go ahead. No, go ahead, Rudbina. Go ahead. And David, this is really very, very new information for me. Um, uh, please give us your website again. You mentioned it, yeah, but it was I quite sh- fast so that our oh, listeners yeah. can, uh, can make a note of it, please. Yeah, sure. So the first website I gave was the va.gov website, which is basically, you know, the government website, www.va.gov. My website is www.onthefly.pt, as in Peter, Tom, guy, G-U-I, dot com. So it's on the fly PT guy. Rolls off the tongue very nicely. <laughs> okay, can you, it does, but can you give us the lettering, please? Oh, O-N-T-H-E-F-L-Y-P-T-G-U-Y, did I get it? That is correct, correct, yeah. On, O-N-T-H-E-F-L-Y-P-T-G-U-Y dot com. Dot com. I think Great. I got that right. Great. Thank you. And we will definitely check it out ourselves to familiarize ourselves. And I, I'm sure our listeners will uh, will go on as well. So can I ask a very quick question, um, if you don't mind, Rubina, before we no. go to the break? Sure. sure. So you mm-hmm. said, um, David, that people are invi- entitled to a stipend if they're in a nursing home facility. Can you just, so that's like spending money, additional spending money they could get in addition yeah. to whatever Medicaid yeah. offers them for spending on a monthly basis that is correct yeah the um you know what if i'm on the next segment i'll pull out that document so i can give you the the identification number of that document it's not something i do anything with usually the rule of thumb is the social worker um initiates that 
paperwork for the um, veteran who resides in the nursing home, and it is a $90 supplement. So, like, for instance, if you are elderly, you move into a nursing home, and you turn, you know, you go on Title 19, state is paying for everything, all you turn your Social Security and your assets over to the nursing home, and you get a $60 supplement from the nursing home for spending money and stuff. So this is an additional $90 for the veteran. Wow, that's incredible. During wartime, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and they are entitled to a $90 um, supplement. So it's, it's haircut money, it's bingo money, it's grandkid money, you know, and those kinds of things. It can pay for an aid if they want to have additional help within the facility, you know. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. So we're going to take a short yeah. break. And uh, when we return, we'll uh, continue the conversation about all of this incredible information on benefits for veterans on this Veterans Day. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chantry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. 
So welcome back to this uh, very interesting uh, conversation about veterans, uh, elderly veterans, and the benefits to which they're entitled. And actually, I asked David in the last segment about how many people he thought knew about some of these benefits. And you told uh, a little bit of an interesting story in the break about why you think why that people don't really know, but why you think people may not know or why they're reluctant to to file for these benefits. So you want to tell the little story? I thought it was great. <laughs> All right, sure. And yeah, it's I think it's really about one percent if you looked at the the entire population. I would say one percent at best. And the short story that Phyllis is referring to is I uh, oh, sat on a panel discussion regarding elder care uh, over the summertime. It was at an assisted living facility, and um, I sat on the panel. I was invited to sit there, and halfway through the discussion, um, I stood up and I said to everybody out there, um, I'm not getting any questions on any kind of benefits. Is there any veterans out there? And half the hands went up out of the 40 people. And I said, have you ever filed a claim with the VA? And all their hands went down. And I said, how many of you are scared to file a claim with the VA? And all the hands went back up. So it, it, it's, it's a bureaucracy I get it. Who calls the IRS? Nobody. It's a bureaucracy, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. So um, I get it. And they can, you know, the, the numbers can be confusing. The information can be confusing. And um, you never know what you get on the other end of the phone. And, and I'll leave it at that, you know. You know, that's that's true in almost, uh, almost every scenario, and it's becoming more and more true for the, for the seniors. During my trip, um, if I may share an example, one of the conversations that happened was that one person needed to apply for the so- Social Security benefit and wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure how to do the paperwork. So I think one of the needs that I'm seeing here uh, uh, Phyllis and David is is this more of this uh, uh, education and awareness uh, that for people that this information is available and where it's available and may perhaps we can work together for the future and create um, uh, yeah. a list you know like a, a bullet points how to check. Uh, mm-hmm. checklist type of a thing. So, David, if people were interested in, in doing this, um, are there consultants? Or I mean, do, do you not fill out paperwork for people, but do you advise people or are there people out there that people can seek? How would they find people that would help them um, explain these benefits or apply for the benefits? Because, well, as you're saying, it's a huge bureaucracy and yeah. uh, people really don't know where to start. Right, right. Yeah, so that is a uh, that is a great question, and I would say, you know, right off the bat, the va.gov website is available. It's there. Um, there's a lot of information on there, and it's very difficult to navigate, but of course, I would have to defer to the federal government before I say, <laughs> go find me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I don't need any helicopters, you know, flying around my house or anything. Um, <laughs> But, you know, uh, if you want to have a real simplistic view of the benefit, you can go right on my website. It's, a, it's everything is right there. I am very candid. There are, um, there's lots of information on there. Um, there are attorneys that can do some of these 
um, applications. Uh, they the VA does accredit attorneys to um, help with the application process and filling out the paperwork. Sometimes you know it's it's all in who you get as a as an elder care attorney, um, and for, for that matter, anybody. You know, it's all in right. it's all in how you interview with them and how you listen to what they say and how they actually listen to what your needs are. So it's it gets very personal, and you just got to know mm-hmm. it's okay to walk away. There are a lot of mm. m- more avenues out there to 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 find the information that you need. I have a question, uh, David. That was about as politically correct as I could be. <laughs> That's about as politically Okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're talking about a specific benefit, the VA aid and attendance non-service connected pension supplement. That's the information I see on your, uh, on your uh, yeah. website. Give me a yeah. definition of non-service connected pension supplement aid and attendance. Yeah, so an example is an uh is basically an elderly veteran that requires some assistance around his house, whether it is it can they they break down into two different categories. You have IADLs which are instrumental activities of daily living which could be like filling out a check on a checkbook, um, you know, organizing your medication or something like that, right? The mm-hmm. activities of daily living are physical things, getting out of bed, going to the bathroom, um, taking a shower, uh, you know, hygiene, and mm-hmm. things like that. So those are examples of activities of daily living on both sides. Um, and you need to have a requirement. Uh, the requirement is a minimum of two needs. So mm-hmm. you have your elderly veterans that have balance issues. They mm-hmm. need assistance to get from point A to point B. That mm-hmm. is a um, an example right there. Of, of yeah, you know, I, I I get that. My question is in the title. This is VA aid and attendance non-service connected. Is it is yeah. there something so that's, different that's service connected versus non-service connected? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just asking a local question. Yeah, my, my apologies, Rubina. So non-service connected means they didn't get injured in the service. They're not applying for a specific benefit as related to their time in the service. Okay? Okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, by the way, David, what are the qualifications? Isn't there um, a qualification where a person just has to have served one day of active duty? Well, yeah, that is the um, that's the benefit we're talking about. The criteria is it's ninety days of uh, active duty, one day during a congressionally declared conflict, which oh. is World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. So you have to have ninety days of active du- active duty and one day of um, during wartime. And it's, and it's spelled out. It's spelled out on the VA.gov website. It's spelled okay. out on my website what the exact dates of service are so that you can check it out. Uh, one other question, well, not one, just one other question, but uh, you mentioned um, now these areas where, where people would have needs, activity of da- daily living. You said yeah. ambulation, which I don't know if um, a lot of the listeners are acquainted with that term. It really has to do mm. with walking. Um, what about if you need assistance with eating or meal preparation or if you have swallowing difficulties? You know, as a speech pathologist, that's always an area of concern for me. Yeah, yes. Um, so, yeah, meal prep 
is a um, is an activity of daily living. Uh, feeding. If sometimes you have veterans, some veterans that have Parkinson's disease, they might not be able to take the fork to their mouth per se. Um, so the act of having somebody assist you with with um, you know nutrition um, and things like that is uh, our qualifiers. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. So do you yeah, there's think a, there's, there's a ton of them? Do you think there's a, a possibility or probability, I should say? that there are people who are living in skilled nursing facilities or even in assisted living facilities, if they were able to take advantage of this financial benefit, that they may be able to be at home or with their families. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it, the, the benefit doesn't cover everything, but it will cover, you know, 40 to 50% of the needs. You know, everything, every person's diagnosis is different. Every person's needs are different. But when you look at the math, the, the $26,000 benefit, the, the one that's the, the veteran and his spouse residing at home, the $26,000 benefit, um, I've done the math on that, and I have looked at uh, the numbers, and $26,000 a year works out to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 100 hours of care per month, so 1,200 hours of care Mm -hmm. per year. So when I meet with individuals, the money jumps out at you. Wow, I can't believe that's so much money. But when you break it down by the hour, you know, these the individuals you have to hire to care for you at home, they cost anywhere from, you know, $17, $15, $17 an hour up to $25, $6, $7 an hour, sometimes or even $30. So you do the math, and when you're meeting with clientele or you're trying to explain what what does that actually mean, um, it's nice to break it down into the hours. So $26,000 benefit works out to be about 100 hours per month of care. So if you're at home and you need, um, you know, round-the-clock care, this benefit is going to supplement about 40% of that need, and you're going to have mm. to come up with the rest. You know, so it's, it's, I think it's a nice, well-rounded way to explain to a client the number of hours that it equals, you know, so they can make, you know, honest decisions. But 100 hours a month is 25 hours a week, and that's a substantial, yeah. that's a substantial number of hours. Um, definitely. Obviously, yeah. round-the-clock nursing care is, is, you know, the reason that some people go into skilled nursing facilities or nursing homes. But there are people who don't need that round-the-clock care, but they do need assistance. So 25 hours is substantial, and maybe there are funds available that would supplement that 25 hours so that they would be able to get more hours knowing that a a percentage of that is paid for. Yeah, absolutely. And when when you look at it on a numbers thing, I mean, family can kick in time, so... You know, like, let's say you can't have, you, it works out to be like something like four hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. But let's say you have a sister that can come over and hang with dad for the whole day, that you can move those hours around. The, the beauty of this program is that the VA pays the patient, the client, the veteran, and then the mm-hmm. veteran gets to determine how they spend that money on care. You know, and I was going to ask you I that. Think that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How how do they disperse the funds? So that's really terrific. 
Yeah, it really is. It really puts the power in control of the veteran, the family member, um, the you know the POA, if you will. You know, they, a lot of people throw that POA around, um, and uh, a POA is somebody who has the authority to make decisions on behalf right. of somebody else. That's what power a POA of attorney, is. right? Power of attorney. Yeah. Right. yeah, and yeah. so I love how the VA pays directly the the veteran, the claimant. Mm-hmm. The um, funds it goes into their account just like a social security check, and hmm. uh, they make the decision on how how the the care is uh, paid for, you know. And so they can determine they can control the purse strings, if you will, you know. And uh, if they don't like a caregiver that shows up, they can replace them with somebody else, you know. Hmm. And I think that's great. I think it's a good thing. I agree. That's very good. Are they uh, also allowed to pay a family member? You know or what? They s- actually are. Yes. Okay. Great question, that's good Rabina. information. Some yeah, families right. save money that way. Um, I know that some of the senators like Blumenthal and Murphy are trying to create a uh, caregiver Social Security um, stipend of some sort. Mm -hmm. But yes, if you're a family member and you're caring for your veteran um, loved one, yes, he can pay you. There there is a VA form. It's called an affidavit. And uh, the um, caregiver fills it out and and explains, you know, how they're they're paid biweekly, monthly, whatever. What is it they do exactly? And um, it becomes part of the, um, you know, the health care documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, when mm-hmm. they do their submissions and their annuals, you know, you have your mm-hmm. you have submissions to uh, get onto the benefit, you know, right. all that paperwork, and then on the annually you have to send in, you know, um, the uh, renewals. You have to have a new examination form done by your doctor. So that's when you would send in, you know, those correspondence like this is how the money is spent, you know, because they're going to mm-hmm. ask, they're going to ask you in a year, how'd you spend mm-hmm. the money? <laughs> I socked mm-hmm. it away. Oh. This is this is very good, very essential, very fundamental information, and we certainly hope that uh, we have veterans or their friends or their family listening in, and uh, and uh, you know would be able to uh, use this information at least as a beginner uh, to to you know continue their research. Absolutely. And to tell you the truth, for as someone who's worked in uh, so many skilled nursing facilities, and David, you and I, when we first met, had that in common, uh, mm. I, I, really, um, I really hope that people who have uh, loved ones in a f- skilled nursing facility who are veterans to really contact the social worker in that facility if they're not receiving these benefits and ask about them so that they can receive that additional stipend or find out what other, you know, help they can get while they're in the facility or possibly think about going home and the spouse as well. Mm. And really, uh, David, you started this conversation with saying that uh, the primary need is for education. And, you know, we truly agree with you because before we can empower people, we have to educate them. I think if, uh, and this is definitely a good step in that education for our veterans and their benefits. David, I wanted to ask you, uh, you live in Connecticut. Do you, do you speak on this topic in various places? Uh, how would people, you know, listen to information about this? Yeah. Uh, 
are you connected with the various organizations that uh, where you speak about this topic? Yeah. You know what? Um, yes, I am to a certain degree. I was doing a, a lot of speaking at American Legions and VFWs, and that actually happened by chance. Um, I was doing some work with my Rotary Club, and I came across a captain um, or something that uh, was in the, the VFW system. Um, I can't remember what the commander. And, uh, and I was talking to him for a few minutes, and I said, hey, you know what, I'd love to come out and speak to you. And uh, they were amazed at the information, mm-hmm. and so I started going to other American legions and VFWs and speaking, and um, and uh, getting the word out. And it was amazing how receptive they were, but how standoffish they were at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I never really could put my finger on why they were so you know standoffish about the benefit. And and uh, I mean. What well, it probably goes back to what you said something. about people, not to interrupt you, but, it, you know, we, we have about yeah. 30 seconds left, but it probably goes back to something you said about people being reluctant and intimidated by this mm. bureaucracy. But uh, this has just been fantastic, and I really appreciate it. Is there any other parting information you want to? We have about 20 seconds left that you want uh, the listeners to know about, a phone number and your email address? Um. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can find me, like I said, on the World Wide Web at www.ontheflyptguy.com. Right? If you just want to look up information, hit the VA tab and read on. My phone okay. number is 860-819-5560. And my email address is David W dot McAllister, M-C-A-L-L-I-S-T-E-R, the number one, at gmail.com. And well, all thanks questions so much, David. I respond to everything. Okay, that's great, David. Thanks so much, and we're going to take a break, and Rubina and I will continue the conversation about the history of Veterans Day. So On, on our Voice America Empowerment Channel on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voiceamericaempowerment.com phyllis amen the voice for elder care advocacy provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab long-term care or memory care her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. 
Rubina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. So, welcome back. Rubina, wasn't that a fantastic discussion uh, with David McAllister about the veterans' benefits? Definitely it was. Definitely it was. You know, in my work, I come across veterans, disabled veterans that are starting their businesses and, uh, and uh, you know, they're wonderful, wonderful people and uh, wonderful people and uh, for them to have benefits available and not be able to access them due to lack of knowledge uh, and lack of following the process or the process being too complicated, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, that they can take steps to uh, to rectify that. Yeah, but me you know, too. Yeah, Go ahead. And they, Sorry. you know, in um, in our preparation for Veterans Day, uh, the term Veterans Day is very common everybody talks about it so i started researching a little bit about the history and the and i thought it would would be interesting to share with our listeners and i'm basically going to read the uh, read it from uh, wikipedia it says veterans day originally known as armistice uh, armistice day armistice <laughs> okay, is a federal holiday in the United States observed annually on November 11th for honoring military veterans. That is, persons who have served in the United States Armed Forces and were discharged under conditions other than dishonorable. It coincides with other holidays, including Armistice Day and Remembrance Day, which are celebrated in other countries that mark the anniversary of the end of World War One. Major hostilities of World War I were formally ended at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, when the armistice with Germany went into effect. At the urging of major U.S. veteran organization, Armistice Day was renamed Veterans Day in 1954. You know, can I ask you a question about that? Because I was talking with somebody last week, um, uh-huh who had suggested that Memorial Day was, uh, the original day was, the original name was Armistice Armistice Day. So when you... Let me me go forward. Okay, okay, great. Next paragraph says, Veterans Day is distinct from Memorial Day, a U.S. public holiday in May. Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans, while Memorial Day honors those who have died 
while oh. in military service. And there is another military holiday called Armed Forces Day, a U.S. remembrance that also occurs in May, which honors those currently serving in the U.S. military. So there mm. are three, three distinct days. There's Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and Armed Forces Day. Huh, very interesting. I actually, I'm sorry to say that I really wasn't that aware of Armed Forces Day. So the the Memorial Day is memorializing those who have died, and Armed Forces Day is for those who are currently serving. Right, and Veterans Day are are those who have served and uh, have retired uh, with uh, honorable discharge. Uh, So that's a a good information. And, uh, you know, Phyllis, I want to share that I know our goal is to help empower the listening public, the seniors in particular. I feel that I'm the best beneficiary of us undertaking this venture of uh, being on the radio show and talking about um, issues or topics of interest to to seniors in all aspects of lives. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel that as well. Because we have to, as people who are interviewing others and want to have uh, a discussion that's based on information, we have to do our own research. Um, So it's like any journalist um, who who gets background information before they do an interview. And through that process, you and I are learning so much information. uh, It's it's really terrific all the way around. That's how I see it. That's, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Oh, and thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to the two programs that you did in the last two weeks while I was, uh, I was away. And I thank you very much. And I learned so much about dementia and about, uh, you know, um, all the different aspects, you know, the the dance, the music, and uh, uh, and and one of the things that I learned. Uh, by the way, I was listening to the uh, to to the show that you did last week while I was uh, going through customs <laughs> <laughs> in U.S. customs, and I was able to you know use a, a wire, uh, wireless Bluetooth earphone. And, uh, and listen to the show and really, uh, really enjoyed it very much. So thank you very much. Oh, I, I have to tell you that those, uh, the show on dementia and um, talking to uh, Dan Cohn from Music and Memory, it's, it's such poignant information. And it's, uh, as I had said to Cameron Camp when I had spoken with him uh, on the program about dementia, the first yes. one. Mm-hmm. That um, it's it's not only for people with dementia, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's for for all people uh, to understand that um, people have needs, and and uh, as they get older, and they may not be able to express them adequately, uh, dementia or not dementia, and um, you know it, it's up to us to pay attention to what they're saying beyond just the words. And, um, yeah, it was really terrific. He's a quite, quite a, um, mm-hmm. quite and, an and insightful man. And, and uh, you know, 
as we've talked before in our first go around on all these topics, we're barely touching the surface. Ah. And, and we're hopeful that we will be able to, as time goes on, we will be able to be able to delve deeper into each of these topics and, and bring more information to our listen, listeners as well as to ourselves. I agree. Uh, uh, as well as to ourselves. So coming back to Veterans Day and veterans and aging veterans. First of all, we're so grateful for them, to them for for being of service to our country. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, Phyllis, what uh, thoughts come to your mind from well, the conversation we've had so far? I was reading um, what you sent me from Wikipedia, and um, so... There was something in it that struck me. It actually um, it talks about, um, it says what Woodrow Wilson said when, when the day was established. But uh, this really struck me. And the last paragraph here, it says, To us in America, the reflections of Armistice Day will be filled with solemn pride in the heroism of those who died in the country's service and with gratitude for the victory both because of the thing from which it has freed us and because of the opportunity it has given America to show her sympathy with peace and justice in the councils of nations. And um, so in talking about the fact that many of our elder veterans are not receiving the benefits to which they are entitled and and reading that statement, the basis for the formation of um, Veterans Day or Armistice Day, I find that actually quite sad that um, that people don't know more about this, that that are just like we talk about our elder citizens in general and what they're entitled to. But these are people who have sacrificed for for this country. They've um, they've fought on foreign soils. Some have given their lives and then their spouses are entitled to these benefits and um, they fought for this country. Um, they've sacrificed tremendously in many ways. And I think Mm -hmm. if we can, um, doing this program and maybe in future programs, uh, informing them of what they're entitled to so they can receive better care in their elder years, I think we'd be doing them a a, a great service. Wonderful. You know, with with that in mind... um, you know, information is is really power. Information it, it gives you courage. So we've shared one resource with them, which is the website. We've shared two resources. One is the va.gov website, and the other one is David McAllister's web, website on the fly ptguy.com and right. while during the show I went on to that website and yes he does has summarized that information quite uh, quite nicely but the other the message that I would like to uh, try to leave with our listeners and especially our veterans and their families is is that these are rightfully earned benefits you know, be courageous, ask questions, you know, be pleasant, be persistent. And the information is there for you to be had. Uh, and once you find out how it works, 
then document it so that you can somehow serve serve the the next person. For right. example, if one veteran has had good success, you know, make up, write that up and give it to the on-the-fly guy. Or I'm sure VA has uh, frequently asked questions on the website and answers to the frequently asked quest- questions. You know, how can one individual veteran who has gone through this process and has gotten successfully gotten this benefit, how can they share their lessons learned so that the learning curve of the next one is easier? That's where I'm going, Phyllis, with this question. Uh, And that makes a lot of sense. And I think David said something that makes sense as well. Um, People are intimidated. I've been making a phone call for a few days to take care of some business item that has to be addressed. And I've been on hold and on hold. And then one person gave me the wrong information. And then the next person, the next person. People are intimidated by that. They get disgusted. But to persevere because, as you said, people are entitled to this and this can improve the quality of their lives, uh, yes. where they live, the quality of the lives of their spouse. It could help their families. This is really, really crucial information and, and crucial benefits, as you say, to which they're entitled. And um yeah, persevere. It's not easy sometimes. It's very frustrating. You know, another good resource in addition to the frequently asked questions, etc., is just uh, Google. Just search for whatever your question is. And there are many good people that are that are putting information and making the information available from their experiences or articles written, etc. But as I said, this is just touching the surface of, of this, uh, this and many other topics that we are addressing, Phyllis. Absolutely. So with that in mind, I guess we'll... Um well, the show comes to an end for today in this wonderful discussion on veterans' benefits and honoring our veterans. I think the best way we can honor them is by, one of the best ways, is by providing them with the benefits that they so deserve. So uh, I hope the listeners will tune in next week and um, on the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, uh, when we'll be discussing another interesting topic and providing more information. Thank you very much, Phyllis. I look forward to this. Me too. Thanks, Rubina. Thank you. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.